0: Coming at you live from a queer CGI version of the Monster Mash. It's Cartoon Night in Canada. Hey, what you watching? Cartoon Night in Canada, a nostalgic journey to dig through decades of animation to find the good, the bad, and the just plain weird of Canadian cartoons. I'm your co host, Chris Lucy Antonio.
1: And I'm your co host, Sylvie Kettles.
0: And we are still in the middle of Spooktober. It's
1: spooky season!
0: God, the best time of the year for nerds like us.
1: It's so good. The, the air is finally turning a little chilly, but it's not yet frosty.
0: Mm-hmm, yet
1: mm-hmm. everyone's just dressing like complete lunatics and no one's questioning it it's like we live in new york
0: <laughs> wow shots fired at new york
1: no that was a uh, the highest compliment i can pay to new york
0: well there you go uh but yes halloween is a time of just unbridled fun for all ages uh in your as a child you get to go trick-or-treating you get to have the pants scared off you you get You get to dress in silly costume, and as an adult, you get to drink. Drink and watch bad horror movies.
1: Or good horror movies, but let's be honest, bad ones are more fun.
0: And the drinking is always involved no matter the quality of the movie. Yes. We are getting toasted on Halloween, goddammit.
1: Schnackered.
0: (laughs) Okay, well... We're we're doing an interesting one here because this is going this isn't going to be us revisiting a series necessarily. This is kind of a like outside of the our NFB series, the first movie that we're doing. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just, but it's
1: seasonally appropriate.
0: Like not counting the um the three episodes of Clash of the. Uh, class of the titans that was uh, released as like a straight to dvd movie to help promote the series Mm -hmm. uh this was honest to god hit dvd shelves before it ever aired on television and has been in a dormant stage for its uh tv continuation for decades now
1: Uh, it has aired on ytv without failure since 2003
0: it is perfect halloween programming uh but I don't know. Maybe it's time to like talk a little bit about the uh, straight to DVD phenomenon because that doesn't exist anymore.
1: No, we we don't have those uh, non theatrical releases. Streaming pretty much killed it.
0: And for a lot of that, like you're not finding uh, these strange kind of gems on on your local blockbuster, or if you're in certain parts of Canada, Rogers Video. <laughs> it's like it's all just gets dumped onto uh, uh, video on demand and streaming services. For people to instantly forget about
1: yeah like it's just there because they needed to put something out this month but there was no real thought or care put into it it's not the sort of thing uh, or it doesn't have the, the same uh grandmother catching abilities that straight to dvd uh movies did where they could just like if if we just look vaguely enough like something that your grandkids are into you might get it for them
0: Because if you're renting a movie every week, it's like, well, you know, mainstream releases were only releasing, like, you know, every couple of weeks. It wasn't like a new, uh, highly publicized film every week that was showing up on your blockbuster new releases shelf. It was a bunch of other shit that you've never heard of.
1: Yeah, your choices were either pick one safety movie and just watch it over over and over and over and over and over again. Or you have to, like, really put yourself out there and get weird with what you're willing to watch.
0: I I was thinking about this in relation to uh, the Hellraiser series, because that famously, after uh, I believe the first three to four films released in theaters, uh, and then it sustained itself, that franchise sustained itself through straight to video and DVD releases up until it's like ninth or Mm 10th. And now the latest one didn't even get the theaters, it premiered on Hulu.
1: Yeah, like that was the entire lifespan of all of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th sequels are pretty much any horror franchise outside of Saw, I guess.
0: Eventually, they all kind of dry up, and a lot of them, I mean, the, the ones you were talking about, like, were heavy, like, are, you know, very famous and well-publicized and had a, a, at least, like, a decent kind of, like, production companies behind them where they, they were still getting them into theaters here and there, but for a lot of them, like, a lot of your lower-tier kind of, uh horror franchises and the straight to dvd market and straight to video market was like a godsend to the horror genre for yeah, god's sakes because it, it
1: let everybody get a fair shake
0: and so many of them like lived on these like straight to video releases uh the puppet master franchise uh i think phantasm also like that that'll transition to straight to video releases and that they were able to sustain themselves well past their expiration dates Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's interesting how this uh this model of releasing doesn't exist anymore and what we're talking about could only really exist in this format
1: yeah there's i don't think there's any way this would be would have ever gotten a theatrical release it's the kind of thing that only works purely on like a wednesday afternoon
0: right and this is also an uh, an example of another dying breed like the special the the television yeah. special uh because now unless it, unless it's like very specifically attached to a big name or a holiday it doesn't really there's no reason to like produce them especially for you know network television when something like netflix or hulu can just pick up someone like hey we have a name here who's willing to do i don't know a show for us for this like One like uh, I'm thinking of uh, now canceled Bill Murray's uh, Christmas special that he made with uh, Sophia Coppola. Okay. That like that premiered on Netflix, which I still haven't watched, and now will never watch.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Whereas like for uh, for a lot of the either made made to uh, direct to DVD, direct to video. There we go. Direct to video or made for TV specials are just like hey. We have uh, either a space on a shelf or some air time that we need to fill put something out there and that's it just just do it well
0: I mean, we've come across this w- once before with when we uh, did our episode on the raccoons and that be- that began as a television special
1: yeah it was just it was like a, we're just gonna a Christmas fill
0: some special time. yeah like uh they just got together uh, a group of animators and, like, a whole production team. They're like, we can make a special for your network. And the network said, hey. okay, thank you. And and now it's, like, unless you have a whole TV deal worked out for your thing, why are you even bothering?
1: Yeah, like, a TV deal plus you have to have some big name attached to you.
0: People forget that uh, maybe, like, this is a uh, more towards younger generations, but, like, there wasn't really a Peanuts show.
1: No. That was exclusively specials,
0: and then even though we were talking about this before recording, but like even though um, there hasn't been really been any new developments with the Peanuts franchise since the uh, CGI movie was released, uh, they will still play uh, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown every Halloween. Yep, that still airs on your network of choice. They all they all have the rights to it. It doesn't matter.
1: It's easy. It fills time. It's seasonal.
0: And it's classic.
1: Yeah. It's you know what else is a classic?
0: Something that equally holds up, but not in ways that you were anticipating.
1: Uh, in fact, I would say holds up even better.
0: I agree. Let's get like, into it.
1: It's scary, godmother, bitches! <laughs>
0: In the installment of Spooktober, we are taking a look at Scary Godmother, Halloween Spooktacular, produced by Mainframe Entertainment and based on the popular comic book series created by Jill Thompson in 1997. The special was directed by Ezekiel Norton and written by Jill Thompson and Heath Corson, and further based on the stage adaptation of her comic book series that was performed in Chicago in 2001. The, The special was originally released on DVD in September of 2003 before airing on YTV the next month in October, and subsequently would air every year in October for many, many, many years afterwards. The series was in production since 1999, first beginning as a television series uh, produced by Mainframe Entertainment, which was then whittled down into a couple of specials to build interest slash act as a backdoor pilot for a potential series, which never materialized, although the creators. uh, like, the, Jill Thompson and the director, Ezekiel Norton, have maintained that uh, they're still hopeful it'll happen. But uh, for today, we were just talking about the first iteration of scary of uh, the specials, the Scary Godmother Halloween Spectacular. Um, Sylvie, what are your memories of this delightful, delightful show?
1: Every fucking year. Like, I have seen this every year from, like, the ages of eight to... I'm going to say 19, <laughs> <laughs> like even fully into high school around Halloween. I would just feel like, ah, oh shit, Scary Godmother's on. Gotta watch that.
0: You have seen this for over a decade every year without fail. Yeah. Yeah. So c- can you say, can you like say then that you have some nostalgia for it? Just
1: Just a little bit, I think.
0: Okay, good, good, because that's kind of the whole hook of the show.
1: Yeah, yeah, t- tiny bit. <laughs> uh,
0: likewise, as uh, someone who devoured all the Halloween content I could get as as a young one, um, I did see this almost every year that I had access to a television as a, as a wee child, and at the time, I will admit, it didn't quite it, it didn't quite hit with me yeah. because. As, uh, as my research has shown me, um, both Thompson and Norton and the other kind of producers at Mainframe Entertainment, uh, they were aiming for, like, a specific age group of 8 to 11, uh, girls. Yeah, that was, so, that
1: was their goal.
0: So, I had a kind of, uh, in my, you know, dumb masculine adoles- adolescence, I had a reaction to it where it's like, Hmm,
1: mm, this is dumb. made for girls, I don't like it
0: kind of silly and it's not you know it's not hard enough i I want like scary stuff this is just kind of like fucking baby shit and then here i am 28 years old and going like this is fucking great
1: this is incredible
0: character development happened to me between (laughs) the age of 12 and now where it's like fuck yeah scary godmother
1: this is real cinema
0: yeah so that concludes our episode (laughs) What more to say? It's fucking perfect. <laughs>
1: this, is, this is... This is fucking masterpiece.
0: Okay, before we, before we get into it, because uh, there's going to be a, so much to fucking talk about here, uh, little point about where our fr- our friends over in Vancouver, Mainframe Entertainment, were at at this point. Because this was an interesting point in their history before they kind of changed for the worse. Yeah. Um, so when the special was released, as I said, in 2003... Two of the original founders of Mainframe Entertainment, who originally, like, moved over from Los Angeles, settled in in, uh, Vancouver to, you know, develop reboots, uh, Ian Pearson and Gavin Blair, stepped down with uh, other founding member Phil Mitchell of, like, the original five members, leaving a couple years later. They were coming off this, like, like their most lucrative period in their studio's history, with them inking a deal with Mattel to produce Barbie direct DVD movies, which they would do for the rest of that company's history. (laughs) Still releasing them today, I believe. Yep,
1: they're still still banging them out.
0: And they were coming off like the successful releases of like new shows like Full Gear, uh, Action Man, both which we'll cover on future episodes, and like some Casper Christmas special that put them well in the green in terms of like uh, th- their finances.
1: Yeah, like mainframe is sitting pretty.
0: Yeah, but this was like the last gasp of them doing well, well, because soon after like uh, this this mid-2000s period. They would move away from television production almost, like, fully to do more specials and films and work like that. And then eventually there would be a huge management shake up up, and they become Rainmaker Entertainment and never be the same again.
1: RIP to a real one.
0: Right. So this is our return to talking about mainframe entertainment. Uh, The The preeminent voices of CGI animation in Canadian television animation. And here they are with Scary Godmother, Halloween Spectacular, proving that no one was doing it like them at all.
1: They're absolutely killing it.
0: They are innovators in the field and never truly got the recognition they deserved, even today.
1: Yeah, like the uh, nostalgic revival of Scary Godmother has not been as quick as I would have expected it to be how
0: how is it 2022 and this like this isn't a thing like yeah. how is this not hit tiktok how are people <laughs> like how are uh cosplayers on only fans not doing scary godmother
1: <laughs> right? like, dress-ups like, like why specifically scary godmother she is titties out all the time
0: and if they are doing that please link in the chat
1: yeah send please send
0: <laughs> you got a link for that link link please Okay, um, so hopefully with this episode we can course-correct here and fully bring the nostalgic revival of Scary Godmother to the forefront and, hey, maybe even get that long, gestating television series. I'd watch it.
1: it. Only if it's as gay as this is. Okay. Like, that's my one stipulation.
0: That's a high bar.
1: Yeah. It has to be as gay, if not gayer.
0: Okay, we'll get into that, but, uh briefly or maybe not what is scary godmother halloween spectacular about
1: so scary godmother halloween spectacular is about uh a young girl named hannah marie who given like the planned demographic of the show is probably around eight years old she acts a little younger i'd say she reads a little younger than eight Um, i
0: i i placed her at like four or five and they are all referring to her as the baby
1: yeah like i, I think of her as like a kindergartner mm, yeah but so she's a, a little girl who wants to go trick-or-treating with her older cousin jimmy and uh three of his buddies and but but her older cousin, J- uh, her older cousin jimmy is a bit of an asshole
0: kind of a dick he's kind, kind of, of a, a little shit
1: so, uh, kind of a little shit boy. He ropes all of his friends into scaring the almighty bejesus out of a kindergartner, um, <laughs> so that she won't slow them down on while trick or treating, and so they lock her in what they call the spook house, just the the local haunted house that every uh, neighborhood has.
0: A- every a- everyone yeah. can recall a home from f- home or estate from their uh from the place where they grew up or it's like, "Oh yeah, don't go to that house. That place is fucking haunted, place dude." Is fucking no. Haunted. Dude, my older brother saw a guy got killed in there. I yeah. swear to God it happened one time. Don't worry, I'll ask him tomorrow.
1: Yeah. See, yeah, the only thing uh the only haunted house that my neighborhood had was just drugs. <laughs> like, it was definitely no, that a that drug house.
0: That's the thing that uh scary godmother didn't get really into, but <laughs> yeah, m- most of these spooky abandoned houses like, yeah, it was just a, a place for people to do meth.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> so, while she is alone and sobbing in this big, empty, haunted house, uh, her scary godmother comes to save her, and scary godmother is just this delightful little witch who takes her to the Fright Zone, where she and her, uh, broommates are throwing up a Halloween party, and so it's basically, uh... She, she just wants to help Hannah be less afraid of monsters. Because all of her friends are monsters.
0: And that's kind of the plot. Yeah. Then it's just a bunch of shenanigans that happen at this party with these incredibly flamboyant characters. Yeah,
1: while Jimmy and his buddies wait outside this abandoned house going like, "Should we? Should we just leave and go trick-or-treating like we wanted to do? Or should we wait for the literal wee toddler baby to come out screaming from this house.
0: And then one of them says, like, oh, sorry, the special's not done yet. We have to wait.
1: Yeah. We gotta just, like, hang out and wait. The
0: the skeleton's gonna do some fun jokes in there. We gotta wait.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I love that at no point until the very end did these older kids think, should we should we go make sure she's not dead or something? Because, like, it's it's been a while.
0: Not one of them goes, like, Oh, shit, did we kill her? Yeah, did she, oh. she could have, like,
1: fallen through the floor.
0: Is this gonna be one of those Halloweens where we never speak about again and <laughs> change our life irrequibly? Like, oh, and, shit. And we
1: never feel quite comfortable going trick-or-treating dude, ever again, like...
0: Dude, I just wanted to dress as a piece of candy. I just
1: want to be a piece... I just want to be a baseball player in an SUV.
0: The fuck is that costume, by the way?
1: Perfection, okay? Uh, there is where... so much love and thought put into the design of the baseball player in the S- in his SUV.
0: Are baseball players known for purchasing expensive SUVs? Cuz I I would assume like, you know, multimillionaire athletes, professional uh, baseball player would want like a sports car of some kind.
1: Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm looking at his license plate right now. It's SPR STR. Sports Star. <laughs> i figured it out i was like this, there's no way this isn't a vanity plate of some kind it's sports star
0: okay we, thank god thank god we got to the bottom of that. but like uh,
1: i love at the very beginning because like hannah comes with full-size chocolate bars for all four of them and he puts his he puts his in the glove compartment and it's like a uh, tissue box that he's got taped to the inside of his box like this kid puts so much thought into his costume i love it
0: oh the people at mainframe entertainment thought about everything when it came to these character designs but also one of those chocolate bars is very clearly a crunch bar right (laughs) and it's called like it's spelled differently it's called like a crisp or something but it's like man that is a canadian chocolate bar right there
1: the only other time i've seen a nestle crunch bar uh roll up in uh in just the weirdest location is in the opening credits for the anime It's it's excuse me (laughs) It's called a or Orange Bar. <laughs> like they just it's an O and then they just filled in the C to make another O. Oh,
0: I love Bepis. <laughs> oh, I love that trend of the anime. Just like yeah. th- th- How far can we go without getting sued? But like, Pretty far specifically apparently.
1: Specifically because Bakano takes place in the in the thirties and it's clearly <laughs> a modern Nestle Crunch Bar.
0: <sighs> okay, yeah, and so most of the most of the special is just Hannah uh, in her fairy princess. Costume going around this party and hanging out with a bunch of monsters who are barely coded like barely coded as gay. They are
1: this is not subtext, this is your friend group.
0: Yeah, as you uh, when we decided last week to do this special, as you uh, read it to me, said like, I don't know if you remember this, but this is basically just. A story about a queer friend group and it's like that no come on you're you're just looking at it through like your 2022 20, eyes and then i put it on and like holy shit no these are all of these people are queer
1: your honor they're gay <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know if it's her design or if it's tabitha saint germain's performance but like scary godmother gives off the exact like tender friendly supportive uh lesbian vibes as miss frizzle
0: she is the lesbian den mother to this group of outcasts and misfits
1: yeah like everyone's a fucking mess and she's the one who has her life together (laughs) she's the Uh. one who can drive she's the only gay who has a driver's (laughs) license
0: and we're not like we're not overplaying this here uh like Listener, watch the special again if you like. Have this kind of vague memory of it from when, like, you saw it when you were twelve, and it's on YouTube. go back. Yeah, go back to uh, on YouTube in DVD quality, by the way. Uh, where is the four K update? Yeah, mainframe, please. One
1: new Scary Godmother, get with
0: it. Watch it again, and then look back at your life, and it's like, oh, that's why I'm what I am today. <laughs> the the number of awakenings that this. This ser- this this show this special yeah. took part in. I, I want to see the data because it's going to be substantial. Yeah.
1: And because you know what you know what every uh queer millennial or Gen Z Gen Z's favorite trope is. It's found family, motherfucker.
0: Yes, yes. Like how has this not been updated or rebooted? <laughs> yeah. This is perfect for the current like zeitgeist.
1: Yeah. So we've got we've got our uh, lesbian den mother, scary godmother. We have her broommate, uh, Scully, who is literally a skeleton in the closet.
0: He's a skeleton in the closet who listens to other people's secrets. He is he is someone in the closet who lives for gossip. Are he, you getting it?
1: He cooks really fancy food that the kids think is too fancy to be tasty.
0: And despite not having uh lips or a tongue, talks with a lisp.
1: Yeah. Like he gay. Um, and then also there is Harry, the, uh, theatrical werewolf, who- there is no other reading for Harry and Scully's bickering other than they are bitter exes, (laughs) but they have shared friends, and neither one wanted to give up the friend group.
0: He is, like, the sophisticated, highfalutin bear of the group, Yeah. who who we have discussed before we started recording- has the same kind of like vocal patterns and performance as like Fraser Crane, like Kelsey Grammer's like performance as Fraser Crane. It is like bang he bang on. He is that same kind of like archetype. Uh,
1: and then we also have the vampire family, uh, Count Max and his wife Ruby. Uh, so you would you could be fooled into thinking that because they are in a heterosexual relationship, that they are the straight friends. But no, they're vampires.
0: There's never been a straight vampire. They
1: don't exist! So, this is like, they're both bisexual as hell.
0: Or poly or something, I don't
1: know. Who knows? There is no such thing as a straight vampire! Or a monogamous vampire.
0: I mean, they, I believe uh, Count Max, who is named after the uh, vampire, the actor who portrayed Count Orlok in Nosferatu, uh, Max Shrek, and, uh, this fun bit of trivia, and also is...
1: That's such a fun fact.
0: And it's designed after uh, Count Orlok in Nosferatu. Uh, he says, "Like, yeah, I like, I am like 500 years older than everybody at this party. If you, if you have lived longer than like half a millennium, you've tried some shit. You've
1: tried, you've tried everything.
0: You have sampled.
1: Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna stick with with one flavor for the rest of eternity. You're gonna sample the platter."
0: I'll be honest. When we decided to do this series, I didn't think it'd just be like, "Oh shit, let's just talk about how gay this is." But <laughs> let's holy talk shit, about how is this
1: sh- holy fucking shit? This gay. The show is so gay.
0: Not only how uh, dedicated the queer horror community is, but also in how popular uh, queer readings of like the stuff that you watch as, as a child has become. Like in these kind of like online spaces, where are people showing up for Scary Godmother?
1: Where is the Scary Godmother Renaissance?
0: Uh, what's the one, like, video essayist that you, uh, like, told me about who, Uh, like, actually did the work here?
1: Strange Eons. uh, Okay. Let's shout them out. Yeah. She is, she is this delightful Toronto-based, uh, YouTuber who, she does a little bit of everything. You know, may know her as the mother of Long Furby, uh, Thursday Boy Porridge.
0: (laughs) And I, and I believe she also, um, famously did a video series on, like, uh, YouTuber Uh, Oni-san's literary career.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she she does a little bit of everything, uh, but yeah, she was the the one who first drew my attention to, hey, remember this this fucking Halloween thing from when we were children? Look how fucking gay it is.
0: <laughs> no, seriously, look yeah, how fucking no, gay. No, seriously.
1: It is. Uh, and then rounding out the uh, the friend group, we've got Bugaboo, the monster who lives in the basement, uh, and Bugaboo knows no gender or sexuality.
0: No, yeah, like the rest of the the rest of the group here just kind of gets it. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, that's, he, he does his thing. That's Bugaboo. He does their thing. I don't know.
1: Yeah, Bugaboo uses any pronouns, uh, and is the canonically is the owner of this house that uh, Scully and Scary Godmother rent from. So again, Bugaboo also has their shit together.
0: So you would assume it's like, oh, that that means they're a landlord, but no, no one has money.
1: No, these these bitches are all broke, <laughs> which is the gayest thing of all. <laughs> being gay is so expensive
0: uh, okay and yes so most of the special is just uh, this weird found family of queer monsters hanging out telling puns uh, acting rowdy and then eventually it just wraps up with Hannah w- with Hannah showing up uh, her mean cousin Jimmy yeah,
1: they... using her
0: new friends from the fright zone
1: yeah they're all. Because you think that Harry's going to be the only theater gay in the friend group? Twist, they're all the theater gays because they're all dramatic. And so when she's like, hey, my cousin's being a dipshit and scaring me. Could you help me scare him back? They're like, oh, hell yes. This is the performance uh, of a lifetime.
0: Uh, lest, we, lest we forget uh, the skeleton, uh, when tasked with scaring the mean older kids, just does a show tune at them that was his plan
1: literally from singing in the rain <laughs> he he does a, a parody of make Him laugh
0: fuck this is gay <laughs> <laughs> okay um so yeah that is like the special uh as you can see there's not a lot in terms of you know quote unquote plot here it's just vibes it's yeah. just a fun halloween part. this is something that you would throw on at a halloween party yeah just to have in the background
1: it's the kind of thing that has like maybe a handful of scenes or lines that you remember really clearly and so it has that kind of like oh wait wait wait, wait this is the best part and then you kind of just you watch the best part you might quote along with it and then you go back to whatever you were doing i'm saying him. this is like it's if a christmas story was good
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck you bob clark got him yeah, he, he, made, he made Black Christmas, so he's fucking great. Uh, I know, right? Uh, but anyway, uh, like the main, I, I want to say that the main uh, conflict in this plot, other than, uh, other than Hannah getting over her fear of monsters, is they don't have food for this party, and they order a pizza. Twelve pizzas, in fact. And that resolves itself. Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> uh, Bugaboo, who has gigs haunting under kids' beds... Uh, just rolls around and sometimes collects money in their fur, and that pays for the pizzas.
0: See this, this whole special. Uh, despite how I, how much I think it does definitely hold up in terms, especially in terms of its aesthetic, which we'll get into uh relatively shortly. But it does feel like this uh like this backdoor pilot or this like sizzle reel for Scary Godmother that they could take this around to investors and say like, hey, right, right, well,
1: yeah. Like, even the, the special ends with Scary Godmother giving Hannah a key and saying, if you use this key on any door, you can come back to the Fright Zone whenever you want.
0: It's like, like, oh shit, that's a series.
1: That's a series right there. It's just, like, Hannah using lessons learned from the Fright Zone to navigate uh, problems in her in her everyday life.
0: Very, very similar to the Beetlejuice cartoon, but, you exactly. know.
1: exactly. But, like, it, it's aesthetically different enough that I don't think The comparison would have been drawn.
0: And if you're going to steal, might as well steal from the best. Yeah.
1: And also, this would have been gayer than the
0: Right? (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's, uh, let's get into the best thing about this special, other than its queerness. Uh, Uh, backgrounds. The look. Just, just the look. Uh, Shit. If you remember, uh, listener, when we first covered Reboot on this, uh, podcast, we kind of, we we kind of, like, approached it as this, like, for-the-time kind of evaluation of it, where it's like, yeah, it's super rough around the edges, but that's kind of what we like about it, and when you compare it to all the other television CGI animation that was going on at the time, literally nothing, it looks great.
1: Yeah, no, this is just, unironically, it looks good.
0: Right, and because it doesn't even really look dated.
1: Yeah, like, you can see if you... It's a little rough around the edges, but it's stylized enough that it doesn't show its age as strongly as I think it could have.
0: No, not at all. Like, And there's a reason why it's been able to play on... It's been able to play on YTV, like, every Halloween season since its premiere, is because it it's not necessarily timeless it doesn't have that quality to it but it does enough in terms of like verifying its aesthetic and not relying so heavily on that uh still at the time 2004 very rough cgi modeling process mm-hmm. to 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 feel like interesting on every watch uh especially with the backgrounds
1: oh yeah like the character designs you could argue are a little like ps2 era maybe even- maybe ps3 um
0: it's a it's a little better than that but also not really yeah (laughs)
1: like like that's it's a
0: it's a perfect kind of transition era for cgi modeling
1: yeah where like it still looks a little plasticky it still looks a little stilted but holy fuck those backgrounds are incredible
0: it's the backgrounds and the character designs all the character designs are were like provided by jill thompson who by the way was very very involved in the process of producing this uh, special not only does she have the co-writing credit but she was working with the animators and helping like plan shots and sending like drawings and paintings to the team over at mainframe entertainment yeah like, she was
1: designing like expression sheets for all of the characters which also makes like, sense because like holy fuck some of these expressions are so amazing
0: like, it, it's incredible for the time because, again, with the, the limitations of CGI modeling, it's like, you can't really get a lot of expression out of that kind of plasticky look. But also, here the characters feel very, very, like, emotive.
1: Yeah, they get, they get a lot of really clever expressions out of these models.
0: Like, the, the four older kids, they don't have eyes.
1: Yeah, they're all just, like, black dots they have little seeds in their faces that even look like they're indented a little bit sometimes
0: they do have like indents for like the full kind of uh like eyeball but they don't have it they just have like a little slit of like black dots and Deep it's still very eyes. expressive
1: yeah you can get a lot out of like stretching and squashing it um and then they do get whites of their eyes at the very end
0: right when they're when they're terrified
1: yeah when they're when they're trapped in the darkness because They've got they're in pitch black and they have black dots for eyes, so it's like oh shit, we gotta give them whites for this one this one bit.
0: There, there's one shot when there's like a zoom in onto uh the cat Katie uh of the friend group. They zoom into her mouth and her uv- uvula starts screaming. Yeah. And the uvula has regular eyes.
1: Yep. Like not these not these kids.
0: <laughs> Weird decision, but kind of why I like it so much. Yeah. The, the because with. As I think we talked about this on the Reboots uh, episode with early CGI animation, w- when we're like, d- when we're like, uh, I think your uh, metaphor was like laying the tracks down as the train was going. Yeah. Like they are developing it as they go along, and this was only ten years, like el- nine years after reboot first started, so they were just trying stuff.
1: Yeah, they're just they're just having a good time.
0: But yes. The thing to look at, the thing to really uh, highlight in this series was the the backgrounds, which they take on, like, a lot of them are, like, uh, 3D modeled, but they have this, like, 2D watercolor, cell shaded look to them.
1: Yeah, there's, like, a, there's a weird texture to, like, the line thickness, to the colors, to the, everything is kind of warped, especially in the Fright Zone, like, none of the doors, none of the doors, just like everyone else in the Fright Zone, none of them mm-hmm. are straight. Um, everything just sort of—it's it, still done in CGI, and but it just looks like it's physically, like splattered in some places. It's—it's it's a really cool look.
0: And again, very unique for the time, because, uh, what what big CGI movie was released the same year?
1: Oh geez, two thousand three. Uh, that would be Ang Lee's Hulk. <laughs> and also Finding Nemo.
0: That's the one I was referencing, <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, as, I think as, uh, as your research pro- shown, and I think it came up in my research as well, uh, they were attempting to like, dramatically differentiate their visual design from the, the theatrical releases of the time and where like, that branch of CGI animation was at, because yeah. they couldn't compare with their budget.
1: Yeah, uh, it was uh, from a 2001 interview, uh, Dan DiDio... Said like they didn't want uh, television computer animation productions to be held to the same standard as theatrical. So they were like, "Okay, we'll just stylize the shit out of whatever we've got."
0: Mm-hmm. And, which yeah yeah, and wh- which for the time it's a, it, it which for the time it's incredible to think about that because we're dealing with uh, CGI television animation and they're saying like, "Look, it needs to have its own aesthetic. Yeah. We can't keep chasing the impossible goal of." like competing with disney pixar money for god's sake yeah we cannot
1: aim for hyper realism we don't have hyper realism money so we got to figure out what we can do with what we have and how we can make it look good
0: and it's not even like a skill uh like a issue or like artistry issue because the people of mainframe entertainment again pioneers in the genre of cgi animation uh in sorry, not genre in the design and mode of animation of CGI animation, mm-hmm. and as they went along, like by the time like reboot finished in two thousand and one, it looked great. Yeah. And this doesn't look like that same quality as uh, reboot because they weren't going for it. They were trying something completely different. Yeah. They, they were, were trying to yeah.
1: Yeah, they were aiming for a, a very different vibe. It's a lot. Well, it's a lot closer to Thompson's illustration style. It's also I think they were going for something a little. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah,
0: I was. I was just going to, going to say, like, yeah. they were like going off of a very unique style from Jill Thompson herself. Yeah, that, that's why all the character designs are so good because they are mostly just like directly lifted from her original comic book. Well, series. Yeah,
1: even the um. There's one part where it shifts briefly into a little 2D animated bit, so you, they can teach you how to make a cute little treat. Um. And that's, uh, Jill Thompson did the, the art for that.
0: God, that, isn't that just...
1: They really wanted to have her version of Scary Godmother in in this short somewhere.
0: Well, they didn't have a choice because she was on the goddamn production yeah. team. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. it's, And we're, we're, we're running into that thing again with um, talking about uh, early CGI animation where we're saying, like, yeah, it holds up in ways that, like, we can't say necessarily that it's, like, good
1: but it's good
0: but it's good
1: yeah like this this speaks to the part of my soul that is constantly uh quoting that tweet of i want shorter games with worse graphics made by people who are paid more to work less and i'm not kidding (laughs) this this is that for me i want i want animated shorts that look worse but are better
0: but to have this like design decision from the onset where all of the character models are going to dramatically stand out from your backgrounds. Yeah. Like, they feel like they're from two different worlds, but also not.
1: They also, like, they stand out very abruptly, but also they just mesh really well.
0: Yeah, it's... So... Mm. It's great.
1: <laughs> it's so good. Um, I, I just also, like, while, while we're... Uh, at a pause, I do want to list or quote my absolute favorite line from the, uh, the older kids when they're just fucking around is, uh, Bert, the kid who's a baseball player in an SUV uh, does, like, a little CB radio bit, and Jimmy's like, no one puts CBs in SUVs these days. Uh, you just left your baby cousin to the mercy of killer monsters on Halloween night and you're concerned with the additions and upgrades of my cardboard SUV. (laughs) <laughs> Joss Whedon fucking wishes.
0: Ah, uh, Heath Corson and Jill Thompson—they uh captured lightning in the bottle here.
1: Yeah, uh, there was also a little design bit that I didn't get, I didn't notice at first or ever, and it was something that was uh pointed out in one of like the DVD extras, uh, from the uh Region Two DVD of this is that the doorbell is the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> and so every time it walks in, the the hunchback rings the bell, and it was that was one of the uh, the animators' design choices at the, the storyboarding phase. Some artist was just like, "I'm just gonna make it look like a cute little hunchback," and it's such a good bit.
0: Uh, one, one of my favorite jokes is um, uh, the the king Count Max is so is so like anxious about being at a party cuz he doesn't have people skills and is like tell a joke and what what's his wife is like tell a joke that'll I, uh, break the ice I and also what's his wrote joke? Down this joke Here's his joke like and so I says to Mrs Lincoln other than that how'd you like the show <laughs> There is an Abraham Lincoln <laughs> presidential assassination joke in this cartoon
1: <laughs> Yeah that was that one was also in my notes cuz it's too fucking funny
0: And nobody laughed like that's a good joke.
1: That's a fantastic joke.
0: All his broommates aren't, like, aren't there for him on that one. Come yeah. on.
1: Like, come on, guys. Uh, there was also another good um, a joke that was cut at the storyboarding phase, and that was from the very beginning when uh, uh, Harry gets treated like a dog in order to not eat <clears throat> all of the food. Scully tempts him with a little treat. And mm-hmm. in, the, in the final draft, it's like a spider cookie. Yeah. Uh, But in the storyboarding phase, it was a a severed finger because they wanted to go with the visual finger food gag.
0: Ah. Uh,
1: But it was decided that was too grotesque for kids.
0: Well, that's too grotesque, but uh, the pizza that the vampire family wants to order is like half AB positive and half O negative blood pizza.
1: Yeah. And he wants... That's fine. Orson specifically wants it to get cold so that it coagulates a little bit.
0: Uh, also, another frame uh, favorite line, which uh, I texted to you, uh, because there is no denying that this show is queer. It's when uh, Count Max and his wife, Ruby, uh, he he's like complaining about her outfit, saying like, uh, I, I remember when the queen used to look like a queen. And then this fucking skeleton, this fucking skeleton leans into the frame, looks at the audience and says, Me too. <laughs> The skeleton with a lisp who lives for gossip Remembers and lives when, in a closet. When
1: queens dress like queens.
0: Rem- Quoting yeah. you here, they're all queer, your honor.
1: <laughs> they're all queer. And that that kind of plays really well into uh, like that text because it's not subtext. It plays really well into like the main conflict of the of the uh special which is that Hannah is scared of monsters and so like each time someone walks into the house she freaks the hell out she's mm-hmm. because she has been told by her shitty cousin Jimmy that these are people that she needs to be scared of and then <coughs> even like Bugaboo who's the one that she has the most problems with and it's harder for her to sort of accept that Bugaboo is they're fine. He's he's a friend. Um but what really brings them together is when both She and Bugaboo have a weird favorite pizza type. They both love extra cheese and olives on their pizza.
0: Okay, can we just stop right here? Um Neither of those toppings are weird.
1: I hate olives. That's Look. That's all I'm going
0: to say. You can hate olives all you want. Yeah. But it's not a weird topping on a pizza. That comes on a deluxe. It is okay. a, one of the most standard ones. And so her going like... So her going like, oh, you like extra cheese and olives? Like, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, but like... Have you lesson, ever
0: had a pizza before?
1: The lesson there is that, like, you can find community in in people who you've been told to fear.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's right there. And
1: in fact, they're just a bunch of broke weirdos who like pizza.
0: They're a good time.
1: Yeah, they're a they're great literally time. Inv- they're way more fun than your shitty cousin and his shittier friends.
0: Like, you had a great Halloween. They got no candy, no bitches, nothing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they got the shit scared out of them, but not in the fun way.
0: At least, uh, at least the three friends who are not Jimmy, at least they got, like, the full chocolate bars.
1: Yeah.
0: Jimmy refused, because he's a piece of shit. Yeah,
1: because for some weird reason he didn't want to take free candy on halloween that's the okay whole bugaboo got it
0: fucking point of halloween yeah it's taking free candy you dumbass
1: oh my god i just got it i just got the visual gag of harry's outfit he's a wolf uh... in sheep clothing
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh okay yeah, yeah.
1: The special is perfect. I have no notes.
0: And an- another thing uh, about the animation... Oh, that's a fucking great pun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, an- another thing about the animation is... Uh, like, foregoing what uh, they were doing on Reboot at the time, which is, like, very deliberate motion. Uh, they are they are really cranking up the fluidity and speed of a lot of the animation in this one. Like, it is uh, Hotel Transylvania levels of very fast moving character models like they yeah. are like zipping around everywhere it's almost hyperactive at times
1: they're they're very they're very springy
0: and again it's deliberate to kind of to kind of like change up their reputation and what they're known as
1: yeah cuz up until this point they've they're like super famous for reboot they're super duper famous for beasties super duper <laughs> super duper and about to be super duper ultra famous for barbie movies
0: That'll so pay the is bills just, forever.
1: Yeah. And this, so this is just something completely different.
0: And good on them for, like, for really trying to do something different here.
1: Yeah. Looks so good. And I cannot wait to talk about the sequel next year.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the Scary Godmother franchise, such as it is, I mean, media franchise, because the yeah. comic book series ran for a, a long time, and yeah. Jill Thompson uh, is still... I don't know if she's making more comics of it, but still very... Like, those are still... Like uh, obtainable, they're not out of print. Yeah. Uh, but the media franchise, as produced by Mainframe Entertainment, uh, consisted of two specials: this one and one released two years later. And uh, was it like the Night of Jimmy's Revenge? It's, uh, it's called just the
1: Revenge of Jimmy.
0: The Revenge of Jimmy. There you go. Uh, so revenge yeah, the revenge. scary, the scary Godmother fandom is dying.
1: Yeah, bring it, bring it back to life. Even more, like the the worst part, I did try to do a Sylvie's fanfiction corner. For this. There's nothing, Chris!
0: That's not- no, that's impossible. There's
1: nothing!
0: You didn't look hard enough.
1: That, I did That can't-
0: that can't be true.
1: There's nothing on AO3. There's nothing on uh, fanfiction.net.
0: What a fucking travesty. How? Um, Something oh, this weird and oh, queer?
1: wait. Okay, so- I figured it out. I wasn't looking under the right category. It, it was categorized under comic books. Because of, for for Jill Thompson. Ah. Uh, I am a fool. It exists. But there's not enough of it.
0: No. No. Uh, and.
1: Yeah. I found there are eight. There are eight works. Pitiful. Perf- perfectly though. One of them is called In the Closet.
0: Yeah. of course it it would be
1: yeah because you've got to
0: because there is no that's just the show yeah that is just what it is.
1: this is just a queer found family
0: and see that's really shocking though that it's not and this is just something i'm going to be like mystified by it's like how is it not way 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 more popular than it is because occasionally you do get uh someone on, like, your Twitter timeline mentioning it, or, like, someone dropping a reference, or saying, like, oh, yeah, October, time to watch Scary Godmother, and then you kind of realize, like, wait, this weird Canadian thing, other people watched it? Huh. A
1: lot of other people watch it. Like, it it aired on, uh, it airs on Cartoon Network every year in the States Mm -hmm. as well. Like, it's, a lot of people our age and younger and sometimes a little bit older have nostalgia for this weird little short.
0: But But it doesn't but have fans. Where is the scary godmother community?
1: Where where are they?
0: Like, come get your scary godmother and help her. The scary godmother <laughs> fandom is dying.
1: She needs you.
0: She was there for you when you were young and questioning your sexuality. Yeah. Repay the favor.
1: She she was there to say, Hey, this is what a safe space looks like. This is what safe people look like is, like, the people who will accept you for who you are and a place that you can go to when the real world sucks ass. Like, come on. Yeah. This
0: is... It's so fucking gay. So often with um, with these episodes, I, I feel like part of why we're doing this series is to bring more attention to things that we think deserve more <laughs> attention. Like, to bring it out and, like, build it up in, because we don't want them just to be like nostalgic memories. We want people to be able to access these things, uh, yeah. introduce them to new audiences. But for this one, I feel there was like this weird duty associated with this episode. Is like, no, it's a travesty that Scary Godmother is not like at the forefront of horror queer scholarship right now.
1: Yeah, like the whole point of this show, I think, is that there should be more scholarly attention paid to Canadian animation but especially now where are my queer readings of scary godmother
0: uh do you have eyes and ears because <laughs> that's just it. watch it that's your that's your queer reading
1: where where is my fandom where see, this is, where are yeah. my fellow creepy gays being like this is my comfort show
0: honestly see this is why and this was a joke uh, originally but this is why i feel that rob zombie should continue this weird, nostalgic phase of his career where he's rebooting things like kitschy, campy stuff like The Munsters and do a reboot of Scary Godmother.
1: Yeah. Do it, coward.
0: Because it already has, like, the same kind of soundtrack, which we haven't talked about. It's this, like, classic Halloween rockabilly surfer rock that is going throughout all of this show, and it's delightful.
1: For some weird reason, nothing says Halloween better.
0: Specifically, it's the... like
1: that sort of goofy, fun Halloween, I guess.
0: Yeah, because it's the theme song of the monsters. Yeah, it's the it's... same kind of weird, hyperactive rock music.
1: It's it floats a bit throughout some Danny Elfman stuff. Mm-hmm. Utter perfection. Everyone, everyone, go watch Scary Godmother again.
0: So we mentioned um, the great performance that. Tabitha saint germain is giving as scary godmother and also as ruby um but this is just uh the cast itself all canadian because like most most mainframe entertainment uh productions they hired locally yeah
1: this was uh this was a union gig this was done through the uh union of uh, british columbia performers
0: and all of these people have, all of these actors, uh, Gary Chalk, uh, Scott McNeil, our good boy Scott McNeil, like uh, good
1: boy.
0: Britt Irvin, and Britt uh, McKillop, and others, uh, they've all appeared in mainframe entertainment stuff. They've, they have been on uh, Transformers Beast Wars, they have been on reboots, uh, they, they just they just conscript them forever. <laughs> yep. They're, they're right. local, they're easy. Yeah, they're just
1: part of the regular stable.
0: God. McNeil's performance, both as Count Max and Scully Pettybone,
1: perfection.
0: Goddamn, sir.
1: <laughs> He's got the range.
0: You were on one that day. <laughs> uh, who did he play on Transformers Beast Wars? Because I he think was, I uh,
1: he was Radicus.
0: Ah, see, I think like because I remember specifically singling him out as like, uh, you, <laughs> yeah, you're grading me. Yeah. But here I could listen to the effect Scully Pettybone chatter on forever. <laughs>
1: And, like, yeah, you can absolutely make the case that it's uh, a, a a kind of demeaning uh, performance.
0: 100%.
1: Like, but I don't think it's ever played as the joke. Nope. Like, because why would they? They're all queer!
0: Like, yes, he he talks with a lisp, and he's, like, dramatic, and and very oh, kind of, like... Dramatic. And he's very fey, but, you know? Yeah. No one's making a deal out of it.
1: Because... Because that's what they love about him. Mm-hmm. That's part of his charm. Is
0: they are all big gay messes.
1: Yeah.
0: And good for them.
1: God, I wish that were me. <laughs> I mean I am a big gay mess, but like I wish I had others.
0: How how are... how is the queer horror community not doing scary godmother yeah. parties every Halloween?
1: Right? Like, How? I understand, I understand that Rocky Horror Picture Show sort of has that on lock.
0: <sighs> Come on, that But has there's, been...
1: there's gotta be room in your heart for Scary Godmother.
0: It's been 50 years of yeah. the Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Show. Not saying move on, because it is timeless, but also diversify, people.
1: There's, there's room in your heart.
0: We, we're actually re- reaching a point of, like, queer horror study that, uh is so wide and investigative towards the genre and is doing so much work in not only reading old, uh, and, like, forgotten horror films as, like, queer representation, mm-hmm. but helping develop new ones and spotlighting new ones, and that's just got, becoming more and more common.
1: Yeah. Please. Yeah. I was so disappointed to hear that, that uh, they slash them was... Terrible. D- ...pretty bad, yeah. Because, just. Like, on title alone, I was That's fully the tragedy. on board.
0: That is the tragedy of that film. Is like, wow, a fantastic title like this yeah. was wasted today.
1: Fantastic concept of a queer conversion camp and the kids just being like, how about
0: no? Yeah, but when you kind of uh, when you kind of end on a very very limp discussion of. Is it okay to kill your abusers?
1: Absolutely, it's okay.
0: Well, no, no. They <laughs> slash them. Says, well, hmm, yeah, well, kind of hard to determine. Cause doesn't that make us as bad as them?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Oh, well, we didn't think about that. I, I we, we're getting dumped the peacock, so I guess it doesn't fucking matter.
1: Yeah, I, I advocate violence <laughs> against abusers.
0: Ah, uh, so does scary godmother.
1: Yes, yeah, she does.
0: I mean, literally. What is? What is Jimmy if not an abuser of Hannah?
1: Yeah. He just relentlessly emotionally terrifies her.
0: And Scary Gomer says, like, get even with that.
1: Yeah, no, fuck that guy. We are your family now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, good show. Fantastic show. I'm I'm Uh,
1: very very glad we got to do this.
0: (laughs) I'm shocked that in our original kind of planning stages for this show for this podcast it wasn't like immediately placed onto the list
1: yeah it wasn't the instant oh this is gonna be our halloween episode right
0: right how did we like drop the ball (laughs) all the way back it's like oh yeah what about scary because this was like i i think it wasn't even our original like planning stages of uh no the the, the spooktober month we had a we had
1: a different one planned and then i texted you at some point holy shit wait can we do scary godmother (laughs)
0: And I said, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: God. yeah," because we had to legally.
0: Yes, no, we are required because yeah. again, covering the full spectrum of Canadian animation. And not only does not only does Scary Godmother count, Canadian produced show, Canadian produced yeah, special. Yeah, this
1: isn't even technically Canadian. It just is.
0: Yeah, because. Like, I mean, famously, uh, Mainframe Entertainment was just, was not founded by Canadians. No. It was, it was founded by, you know, uh, five people from Los Angeles. But then, literally everybody working in the studio was hired from, like, uh, Sheridan College, I believe.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so then it was more of, like, a, a thing of convenience.
0: But, n- like, no American, no American, no international viewer is going to take Scary Godmother away from Canada. You
1: can't have it.
0: I am, I am going to go down. I live in Toronto, uh, listener. I am going down to Ed Mervish Walkway, which is the Canadian, uh, Walk of Fame, and demand <laughs> that they put Scary Godmother on that Walk of Fame.
1: Where is she?
0: Where is her star?
1: Where is her recognition? Like,
0: I'm I'm walking down this uh I I'm walking down this uh sidewalk here. I see oh there's Leonard Cohen, there's Neil Young, there is the uh, the kids in the hall. Uh, there's no Scary Godmother. <laughs> It feels a little homophobic.
1: What's going on? Just saying. Yeah, that's it. That's all that it is. It's pure homophobia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, good special. Good. Good. Good, good special. special. <laughs> oh I was looking over my notes and it's like this guy, this pizza delivery guy, was expecting them to, expecting her to sell her soul for twelve pizzas. Yep. I would sell my soul for twelve pizzas.
1: <laughs> uh, if they were at twelve pizzas, that. Uh, my dumpster fire of a friend had ordered. Maybe not.
0: Yeah, at the end of the special, they fucking hate Harry.
1: Yeah, I I don't remember anything about the sequel. I think he gets redeemed a little bit.
0: He was excommunicated from the group. He was kicked out of the group chat, everything.
1: (laughs) They went through the drama of it all.
0: (laughs) And then came back because you can't stay mad at them.
1: Well, apparently, I'm just looking at the recommended videos from here. The same... Uh, uploader for this one Released uh, Scary Godmother Revenge of Jimmy Without Scully What? They just released a cut of the second movie That just does not have Scully Petty Bones in it It is what about the? Six minutes shorter Than no. the full one And I have no idea what their beef with Scully is
0: Now that sounds homophobic
1: That sounds like homophobia Neo Scary Godmother uh, Please Please I I need to know what your beef with Scully Petty Bones is.
0: Or the what, uh, the Scary Godmother fan community, such as it is.
1: Yeah. Why do y'all hate the best boy?
0: Oh, okay. Uh, did you watch the DVD quality? Yes. Uh, the same guy, uh, or person, uploaded Scary Godmother Halloween Spectacular 4K UHD quality.
1: Nice!
0: (laughs) That exists. Excellent. There's also the Scary Godmother Revenge of Jimmy 4K quality. So we are set. Yeah, we're we set for next set year. For... Oh wait, I know what uh I'm looking at the other videos and he's he's also got a version of uh Scary Godmother Revenge of Jimmy without Jimmy.
1: See, but that's just funny.
0: It's, but this is the thing, it's just a bunch of uh that very, very popular trend of YouTube edits at the time where it's like, here is the B movie. Garfield. Yeah, here's the B movie, but without uh the B. Here, here is Shrek, but without Shrek, here okay. here is, here, here is is B-Movie. But every time they say the word B... It
1: gets faster.
0: I fucking hate the B-Movie.
1: I have still never seen B-Movie.
0: Keep it? They keep it that way?
1: Yeah.
0: Don't believe the internet. <laughs> They're wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: So, that's going to do it. Yeah, that's,
1: that's Scary Godmother.
0: That's going to do it for this installment of... Cartoon Night in Canada Spooktober. Uh hopefully you hear heed our call and get scary Mo- godmother trending goddammit. I
1: want fan art.
0: Bring her cosplay. back.
1: I want fan fiction and none of this Hannah x Orson crap. <laughs> none of this straight shipping bullshit. <laughs> Disgusting. I know you were probably like thirteen when you wrote it and were deep in the compet closet. But come on.
0: Look, we we need it to be freakier. It is a it is do, a horror themed found family film. Do
1: better for yourself.
0: For the community.
1: For the community. <laughs>
0: do better. So if you if you enjoyed us uh, praising scary godmother halloween spooktacular for over an hour uh consider giving us a like and a share on your podcatcher of choice preferably apple Podcasts, because that helps us reach the widest possible audience you can follow us on twitter at cartoon night pod where we upload new episodes every saturday morning you can find me on twitter at cinema creep where i am attempting to bring back the scary godmother fandom through my incessant prodding of mainframe entertainment's twitter account (laughs)
1: And you can find me at Sylvie Skeletons, where I very much do the same.
0: And have a good Spooktober, everybody.
1: Happy Halloween!
0: I remember when the Empire Queen used to look like a queen. (sighs) Me too.